Welcome to Divorce Explained, the podcast where we answer your questions and navigate the process of divorce together. Sharing real stories and personal experiences, this is your guide through it all. With your hosts, family law specialist Steve Benmore and divorce lawyer and strategist Leanne Townsend. I'm so excited to talk to you about today's topic because very few people have the courage to do what you have decided to do. And the decision that you've made, and by the way, I'm deliberately being a little ambiguous right now before we share this with our viewers. The decision that you made is a decision that is more about the public, more about your clients than about you or me or the legal professions. And so I'd like you to tell me what it is that you've decided to do in terms of the direction of Townsend Family Law. Yes, well, I've decided uh, to move my own practice uh, in a different direction. Over the last number of years, I've done a lot of litigation. I've had a very, very litigation-heavy practice. And seeing um, the toll that it takes on my clients, um, their lack of uh, happiness, even with the results, even when they, you know, ultimately win, um, often, you know, the, the emotional toll and the financial toll that it took to get that result is, is unsatisfactory to them. So seeing all of this, I've decided that I would like to focus my own practice on non-litigation and out-of-court um, settlements and files where we can work to resolve things outside of the courtroom. Um, but having said that, my firm, Townsend Family Law, we still accept litigation files. My associate, Nina Capfair, is still accepting litigation clients. And so uh, if someone who is listening to this has a litigation file, my firm can still help. Um, and we're happy to help. We want to help. But my own practice direction is, as you say, moving more towards helping my clients achieve the best result that they can outside of the courtroom. That's amazing news, Leanne, because I can only imagine with a number of people that follow you and know the great work that you've done in family law, even them hearing that at this late stage in your very successful seasoned career as a lawyer, you are narrowing the scope to help people resolve their affairs outside of court. I have a feeling it's even going to cause people to think twice about whether they themselves want to go to court. Because if you, Leanne, are telling people, I'm going to help you, and I will help you settle your divorce or your separation situation, but I will not go to court for you. If someone hears that, they're probably more inclined to think, why is it that I want to go to court again? And how is that going to benefit me? And why would a lawyer who has done such great work in the courts be choosing to not take her client's cases to court. And so when a client comes to you and says to you, you know what, Leanne, I'm going through a separation and divorce and I need your help. Um, what is that gonna look like now that you are sort of um, changing the direction or the funnel of the work that you do? Well, it's gonna look like using a more cooperative approach um, with the other side, often with litigation because it's adversarial by nature. Um, both sides end up in kind of getting entrenched in positions quite often. And rather than working in a sense together for a solution that both parties can be happy with and both parties can live with, it, it becomes a almost like a win-lose type situation. So when someone comes to the door and, and 
um, approaches me about um, retaining me to assist on their file and that I would say to them um, that I think they're going to get a much better result by having control over the process and dealing with the matter outside of court. It's going to be more efficient. It's going to be more cost effective. And in addition, it, it does, it gives them a level of control over what that result is going to be. When people go into a courtroom, they have a judge deciding, you know, any number of matters, including things like what's the parenting schedule going to be for their children? How much is somebody going to get to see their child? Um, how are their assets going to be divided? And of course, there's law on all of these issues that judges are applying. But at the end of the day, a lot of this is gray. Other, if it was black and white, we wouldn't need lawyers and we wouldn't need, we wouldn't have people in court. A lot of the times it's gray. And so it's very dependent on the judge that you get on a particular day, what that result might be. And so the parties really have no control um, over what the actual outcome may be. Uh, even in case where they have a very strong case, they, they still don't have that ultimate control. Whereas by carving out um, settlements and working uh, with your lawyer, working with the lawyer on the other side and the other party to come to a, a mutually agreeable result um, is generally much more satisfying. And uh, it's something that I really, I've always encouraged uh, clients to do that. But now having, as they say, spent you know quite a number of years in the courtroom and seeing the often unsatisfactory results that people are, are getting. And again, I don't mean that they're necessarily losing their cases, but they're just not, you know, at the end of the day with looking at the big picture, they're not happy for what they had to go through. Um, I encourage any new clients of mine to look at the options that are available by pursuing a settlement outside of court. Well, it's interesting that you say, you know, going to court does produce winner and winners and losers, but you also are equally correct when saying that the person that wins in court oftentimes is not a winner. And when I look back on the last 30 years of my litigation files, and I've had lots of wins over the last 30 years. But the client, when I look at the client at the end of the entire experience, they're exhausted. They are uh, despondent. They're withdrawn. They spent a lot of money. But more, more importantly, they spent a lot of their own mental and emotional health to go through the experience of being in a divorce litigation from pleadings where they have to read nasty things that were said about them and the other side's pleadings to then standing there and having to be cross-examined at questioning and then to stand in court and hear judges potentially misunderstand their situation because the limited amount of time that the judge had to really understand the totality of the case. And then even if they succeed, they oftentimes don't get 100% of what it was that they wanted, whether that 100% is a parenting schedule with the children or a certain dollar figure for support or property division. Oftentimes, the judges do not just rubber stamp what one person asks. And so at the end of the day, if that is what we call winning, then what is the alternative? If that's winning and the other one's a loser, there are both losing then. And so my thinking to you is that if your clients who come to you and say, listen, Leanne, I need you to help me with my separation and divorce. I know that you don't go to court. Are you, are you might 
would you surmise that the sort of instructions that you get from clients who are choosing to hire you are going to be that where you are more likely to be able to work out a resolution out of court? Definitely, because if they know that I'm not going to um, litigate the matter, it they come into it with the mindset that we want to find a solution, we want to find a settlement, and that approach starts, you know, from the get-go versus this mindset of winning and losing and exacting revenge and on on their ex and, and that sort of thing, which I find with a lot of the litigation files, there is just very much that win-lose outlook, win-lose mentality, and. I've always thought that uh, the adversarial system is not a good one in family law. It serves a purpose in other areas of law for sure, but in family law where quite often the parties have children together and they're like it or not, they're going to have a relationship of some sort with each other uh, for the rest of their lives because of their children. Uh, having an adversarial system in, in most respects doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, and, you know, I understand that there's people out there who are abusive, there's people out there who withhold uh, information or hide information, uh, but there's still very effective ways of dealing with people like that that doesn't involve going to court. Um, there's still all sorts of alternative dispute resolution um, options such as mediation, arbitration. Um, I'm getting trained in collaborative law, which is a whole other uh, approach where there's certain rules and policies that you have to follow when you're doing collaborative law. But I, I like the idea, whether it's formal collaborative law or what I call small c collaborative law, where the parties are just working together. Yes, they, they want a divorce. They don't want to be together any longer. But it doesn't mean that they have to be adversaries. It just means that they, you know, their assets need to be divided. They need to come to some sort of agreement on how they want to parent their children and how what you know the schedule is going to look like. Uh, they need to come to some agreement on you know things like child support and spousal support. But child support is very straightforward. Um, there shouldn't people shouldn't be arguing about child support anyway. So. I, I love the idea of people just working together rather than as adversaries when their marriage doesn't work out. We lawyers, we divorce lawyers in Ontario specifically know you, Leanne, to be a very reasonable, uh, thoughtful, and solution-oriented person. And so my question to you is when, now that you're sort of narrowing the scope of the work that you do to out-of-court resolution, and you pick up the phone and have the first call with a lawyer on the opposite side representing your client's spouse. And you say to them, I will not go to court. And if this case ends up in court, I'm gonna refer this to another lawyer. What do you think the impact of that will be? Not only on the other lawyer, but on the other spouse. Um, well, I guess that the impact could go in one of two directions. I mean, my, my, I think that when they hear that, um, they'll view that as an opportunity to essentially, whether it's a large C or small C, collaborate, but, but to work together. They're not going to view this as, oh, like this is going to be awful and ugly and, you know, we better be in fear and get out all our knives because to fight back because, uh, you know, 
this lawyer is going to, you know, aggressively litigate this matter and, and, you know, really is in fighter mode. My hope is that they would view it that this is an opportunity to work together towards a solution and that there isn't a need to make digs about my client and write letters, um, you know, saying all sorts of horrible things uh, because they're, you know, becoming aware that that's not how I'm going to approach it and that working together to find a solution, sharing information, not being, you know, highly adversarial uh, is going to be in their interest too. And they'll, they would look at it, the, the, the opposing party should be looking at it as well, that this is an opportunity to have a more efficient process and one where their legal fees are not going to be unnecessarily high because of unnecessary fighting, um, you know, in the courtroom. I know personally that in the first phone call that I have on a new file with the other lawyer, I can tell within minutes the direction of the case. I can tell if the other lawyer is being reasonable and solution-oriented uh, versus being positional and argumentative. It's, it's very clear. And, and, and I'm confident that by you publicizing your philosophy of resolving separation and divorce the way we're doing right now will likely be met positively and hospitably by fellow counsel. Because at the end of the day, um, if you were to survey 100 people who are going through separation and divorce, very few of them would say, I really want an expensive and high conflict <laughs> fight. Most people don't want to spend money. Most people do not want to spend much time on their divorce. And definitely most people do not want to end up in court. And so if the lawyer that you're working with or opposite in the case uh, is of the same view as you, you will accomplish that goal. And uh, the idea that that's just a tool, the use of the court system, is a tool that's not in your toolbox, I think actually is going to be one of the most effective absences of tools in the resolution of separation and divorce because the client, the other lawyer, and the other spouse are all going to know, Leanne, it will not take your case to court, but she will work damn hard to resolve it out of court. Definitely. I mean, and that's that's what I hope the, the opposing counsel will, will think and feel and... Uh, that, that will be their mindset when we have that call. Uh, you know, the, the two counsel on a file are, are very important to setting the tone and direction of how a file is going to go. Um, you know, if you have two highly litigious lawyers, uh, it's going to be a highly litigious, high conflict file. Um, and I strongly believe that you can be a strong advocate for a client and get them a very good result without threatening court without going to court. Uh, advocacy isn't just about what you do in the courtroom. In fact, I, I think a lot of the more important advocacy is done outside of the courtroom and avoiding having to use the courtroom. And so that's the approach that I'm going to take to all of my client files. Let's be a little bit more granular now. Um, you know, just because you remove court from your toolbox doesn't mean you've gotten rid of all your tools. And you've already mentioned collaborative family law and uh, kudos to you for getting trained and certified as a CFL lawyer. Um, what are some of the, the other tools that you might use in the course of your practice to help people avoid court? Well, another one is mediation. Um, and mediation can be done in you know a number of ways. There's lawyer-assisted mediation and there's um, 
process whereby you know the parties go to mediation themselves but consult with a lawyer uh, throughout indefinitely at the end so mediation uh, is is one option and uh, I'm getting trained in mediation and my law clerk is also um, getting trained in, in mediation so that's a service that we're going to be able to offer uh, along with mediation there's also something called arbitration uh, which is uh, it's similar to court in that there's a you know an independent third party who's going to decide the issues often it's it's arbitration is done along with mediation and the mediator becomes an arbitrator should the parties not be able to resolve their uh, matter in mediation um, but it's so an arbitrator can make an, an independent ruling uh, just like a judge would um, but that process is often, you know, much faster where, you know, in some jurisdictions right now, I think Brampton is one of them. I, you know, people are getting court dates in 2024. Um, and, you know, when you're doing an arbitration, uh, your only limitation is the availability of the parties, their lawyers and, and the arbitrator. And, and usually you're able to get, you know, a result much, much, much faster than that. Um, so those are a couple of things. And then we can never, we can't forget that lawyers are often able to just negotiate negotiate with you know with themselves with the other lawyer and come to a resolution you provide financial disclosure and you work together exchange offers to settle you know see where the parties are at and try and bridge the gap so lawyers are, are very well trained and certainly I've done a lot of files where I've just done negotiation and we just reach a settlement between the lawyers and we haven't had to use any of these other things so that's still very much an option as well yeah, those are all great tools. And in fact, there's so many different diversions um, to uh, alternative sources of assistance. Uh, I mean, when there's parenting issues, we can bring in social workers to do assessments, to uh, ascertain the children's wishes by doing a voice of the child report with the children. We could also, for example, bring in experts who will assess someone's income or the value of their assets for equalization. There are so many different uh, services available to sort of piece together a process that would arrive at an out-of-court resolution. But I think the most important one of all of them is the, uh, the tone set by counsel. And I am absolutely certain that uh, the sort of uh, personality um, and work ethic that you bring to helping families uh, separate and divorce in a manner that is respectful and honorable and child-centric, I think that is going to really go the distance in creating an environment where the other lawyers who work with you are gonna say, hey, wait a minute, I think I can do that too. <laughs> and before you know it, you're gonna find fewer people blowing their life savings in going to divorce court. That's what the plan is. Um, I think that, you know, I've seen enough court files to, to be able to say that nobody wins. And often the biggest loser in the process is the people's children, the party's children who are caught in the middle of this court battle. Uh, so I'm looking forward to working with people rather than against them uh, and helping them achieve their the best result uh, that they want and that, that, that we can get for them in their family law matter. Beautiful. Well, I, I wish you the very best. I, I think the Ontario public is going to benefit not only from you doing it, but from spreading the word that 
Um, people can separate and divorce amicably, inexpensively, and outside of the court process. And by you making this decision and, uh, and diverting your practice in the direction of out-of-court settlements, I think it's going to go a long way to assist your clients, but also to create a much better environment for people to split up in Ontario. So thank you. Thank you, Steve. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back here again next week for another episode of Divorce Explained. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Divorce Explained. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow at Steve Benmore and at Leanne Townsend Life for more. And if you're looking for specific divorce services, you can visit benmore.com and leannetownsend.ca. We hope today's episode made you feel informed and inspired as you move along through your divorce journey. Tune in next week for Divorce Explained.